Well, hey, Woodside, Pastor Chris here. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to another exciting edition of The Link. Today, we get a chance to talk to some of the most important people within our church, a segment of our spiritual family that oftentimes doesn't get the attention they deserve, and that is the single Christians in our church family. You know, if you're single, there's a lot that you are processing in this season, from time management to relationships to transitions, and we want to talk about it today. I've invited some friends along so that we can give you some hope, some wisdom, some advice that I think will empower you to be single to the glory of God. Uh, to join us today is Daniel Park. Daniel Park is one of the most beloved student ministry leaders throughout all of Woodside. He helps to uh, oversee students along with uh, Joe Crabb at our Troy campus. So grateful to have Daniel with us today. Also, Beth LaPonzi. Beth LaPonzi is a longtime Woodside leader. She helps to uh, oversee adult ministries in particular, looking at life groups for the Troy campus as well. So grateful to have Beth with us. She's also been a uh, singles leader, ministry leader uh, throughout our time here at Woodside. And then Pastor Jim Dawkey, who is the campus pastor of our Lake Orion campus. So grateful to have Jim with us. Well, guys, thanks for joining me. So grateful for each of you. I want to start with you, DP, because uh, you are currently living the single life. And uh, I appreciate uh, who you are and all that you bring to uh, our ministry. But I do want to know, what has this season been like for you from a singles perspective? Is quarantining at home? I think there are unique challenges, obviously, for marrieds and those with, with children. But there's also unique challenges for those who are single. So talk about just the pains and joys of this season. Yeah, Pastor Chris, I appreciate that question. Um, and I often get similar questions asked to me a lot. It's just like, man, do you ever feel like you want to not be single or do you ever wish you were in a relationship and things like that? Um, and I often tell people that I understand the question, but I don't resonate with it. And what I mean by that is because I, when I look through the lens of scripture and I read 1 Corinthians 7 and I read Paul talking about singleness, um, I love how he depicts it as a gift. Um, and I, he, he says that it's something that should be cherished. Um, there's a lot of advantages that I have as a single person that a lot of married folks don't. Um, and so I just look at through that lens and I, I see every opportunity that I have as a single person as a gift and, and a joy. And so um, this this season, particular season has been um, has been unique, but I try to operate as quote unquote normal as possible. And so um, my in my normalcy, uh, my days are filled with, you know, meeting with students and meeting with um, other peers and uh, a lot of discipleship and being discipled and, and things like that. And so I, I try to operate in that lens as, as much as possible, even within this current season that we're in right now. And uh, yeah, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I love that you take this biblical framework to it. And that's what we want to be. We want to be people who uh, kind of shape our lives around the person and teaching of Christ. But yet, as I hear you, I can't help but to laugh a little bit because I know a lot of married folks who wish they were single. And I know a lot of single folks who wish they were married. And I think, uh, Beth, one of the big issues is just contentment in whatever state that you're in. There's a huge struggle around that. So uh, just talk about how you've processed that in your single seasons and just how contentment is so important and can be found. Yeah, it is really important. Um, it's a great thought. I would say that uh, in the years I was single, uh, one of the first things that I found myself needing to do was honestly find my focus. And uh, 
leaning heavily on Matthew 6.33 about seeking God first in his kingdom, that gave me a great sense of direction. Uh, when your life changes and you go from being married to being single, everything is upside down and nothing is what was your normal. And so it can be a very confusing time. Um, uh, relying on scripture and the direction in scripture uh, was so key for me because you are walking through very dark times. You're walking through very confusing times. And so I think the dependence on scripture and direction from God was really, really critical for myself. And it kept me grounded. It kept me, um, I think, at peace when there was so much ups upside down in my life. And it enabled me to hold on to that as I walked out of that season. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And in many ways, what scripture does for me, Beth, I'm sure for you, is it really helps to be a louder voice in my heart and mind than the voice of culture. And I think that part of what we got to acknowledge is that, is that there's constant messages that are being sent to us by the broader culture. And for singles, in particular adult singles, those messages can cause you to feel like, man, I'm not where I should be or something's missing from my life. Instead of finding that deep contentment in Christ, in his calling, and in his purpose for your life. And so, Jim, I want to come to you because you have the job as a pastor of addressing this. And one of the things that you're known for in your ministry at Woodside is you have not shied away from opening up God's word and going kind of right at this. So what encouragement do you find from God's word for singles in that season of singleness? Yeah, Pastor Chris, that's a, a great question. I think one of the one of the huge things we have to look at, and I think is super powerful uh, for singles uh, to think about, is two of the most influential uh, men in all of Scripture were both single. And when you think about it, uh, Jesus was single, and the Apostle Paul, uh, maybe the greatest uh, human to uh, affect humanity uh, through Christianity, was the Apostle Paul, and both of them uh, were single. And Jesus spoke to it in Matthew chapter 9, saying that it was, it was something good for those who could uh, receive it. And the Apostle Paul spoke to it in 1 Corinthians 7, saying that it was a gift, like DP said. Um, and he actually wished that most everyone was single like him, uh, because there was uh, a lot of advantages uh, to it. Uh, you know, like I was thinking about this even in our call. Uh, DP, we know, is, is getting ready to leave for India as a missionary. And the, the Apostle Paul, uh, you know, opens up and shares biblically how, you know, if, if you're single, like DP, when he's uh, thinking about going to India, he's thinking about himself and what that looks like and raising support for himself. But I think about that for myself. If that was me, it would be a totally different ballgame. I'd be thinking about what impact that's going to have for my three little girls and, and my wife. And I'd have to, as the Apostle Paul say, kind of worry about earthly things and not be able to be as focused on, uh, on the kingdom like DP might be able to, because that's his main uh, focus. And so I think it's super for those who can receive the gift. The Bible says it is a gift, uh, but it's not for everyone. But the other side, the flip side of it is the Apostle Paul is pretty straightforward that if you if you struggle with lust and you struggle with uh, impurity, then uh, obviously uh, get married uh, for, for those purposes, not just for that person, but making sure that, hey, this is what maybe that's not what God called you to is a life of uh, singleness. Yeah, and, and a lot of folks, I think, need to pray about that and see it as a gift. It's interesting that it's called that in Scripture, and we need to kind of embrace that. And again, there are so many 
anti-scriptural, anti-biblical messages that are sent about both marriage and singleness that we need to have our minds renewed to scripture. Beth, I want to just hear from you, though, about what lessons, valuable lessons you learned during your season of singleness that prepared you now for being married. Because I also think for some, particularly those that God has called to be married, uh, that singleness is just a season, that it's a time of preparation and readiness as as well. So how does that season help you now? Uh, That's a great question. I think uh, in that season, I tried to focus on four things primarily in my life. I tried to focus on my relationship with God. I tried to focus on um, my responsibilities with my occupation and doing that well. I focused on my relationships and ensuring that I was in a relationship with people, the community and a group so that I could be fed and I could also be a part of uh, seeing others grow too. Um, And then I think about just my daily walk with God all the time. Um, All of those things are the same now. Um, I'm married, but I still, there's still a focus for me and they still make my, my days with my husband successful. Um, It's something we focus on. So I'm together. I'm in a partnership now, but I will tell you that I am doing similar. Like I, I have a similar rhythm in my life. Um, it's actually kind of harder a little bit because uh, when you're focusing on taking care of yourself in the sense of like, how am I doing now? I have responsibility to a partner. Uh, so I think my four areas of focus are still the same, but I think that the dynamics are just different. Yeah, I just love the fact that you guys keep bringing it back to focus. Don't waste a moment. We are called to redeem the time. Again, if you are single, this is a great time to focus in on those four areas that Beth just laid out. But I also think it's a time for deep intimacy. And I think, DP, one of the mistakes that, again, culture has made is that intimacy is equivalent to uh, to sexuality or that intimacy has to be in that type of relationship. Uh, I want to hear you talk about the importance of friendship and the value of that and community that can still be experienced when you're single. Yeah, um, I don't know when I heard this, um, but someone um, very early on when I was walking with Jesus um, told me that you should always live by the Paul Barnabas Timothy rule. And uh, that's always stuck with me. And what they meant by that was you should always have someone that's a mentor in your life, uh, like a Paul. You should always have someone that are Barnabases in your life, that are peers. You should always have someone that are Timothys in your life, people that you are discipling. Um, and when we talk about and, and looking through that lens, and so, um, yeah, I just think that uh, during the time of singleness, you're able to do that so much more um, than a married person would do. Uh, Paul says, um, you know, I would I would wish that you would remain single so that you could have undivided devotion to the Lord and you would save yourself from worldly troubles. Um, I think what is getting at, practically speaking, is that uh, for a single person, you're just more available for ministry. Um, and I think you guys as married people would disagree with that, you know, um, and with with kids and um, and whatnot. And so for me, my just the way that I take that is that um, is that right now I'm able to develop man, my friendship so much more in a deeper level. Uh, at the same time, I'm able to deepen my relationship with the Lord all the much more because the time and energy that would be focused on um, spending with my spouse or, or my kids, um, which are all good things. Um, now I can direct that energy 
into into developing my um, relationship with the Lord and also the peers that uh, I walk with in my life and also the people that I'm a disciple of. Yeah, I think that it's, it's critical, right, that we have community. And this is why I love our life groups. And I just want to give a quick plug, a cheap commercial, that if you're not in a life group, man, you need to be in that life group because we all need community. And in some ways, Jim, I think it is harder when you have uh, when you're married with 28 kids like me, right? You got, you got your life that's already full. So once work is done and you got to get in uh, time with your children, your spouse, trying to get to friendships, honestly, is is really tough. And so uh, there is a benefit and a blessing that comes along with that season of of singleness. Uh, where you can really cultivate that deep sense of relationship. So don't miss out on that. And just know as a church, one of the things I love about our church, and each one of you have experienced and encouraged this, is our commitment to community and, and encouraging people, hey, get into a life group so that you can have some folks that you're doing life with and uh, you don't have to equate singleness with loneliness. I just think that's a false equation that so often happens and uh, in our in our conversations around this, uh, Jim, when you're shepherding your singles, though, when you're when you're pouring into them and you find and you encounter that discontentment that so often uh, arises or is imposed, what do you do to encourage and, and to transform the way that uh, they're thinking about their singleness? Yeah, it's good. I think um, part of it is is just reminding them that maybe even what they're feeling is is not not bad, right? Uh, you go back to Genesis two, and it says that uh, it's not good for man to be alone. Um, and so God created Eve, and because you know we're made in the image and likeness of God, and therefore we're made for communal living, living one with another. And I mean, you see this expressed in the Apostle Paul as he had brothers in Christ and people he traveled with. You see this with Jesus as he found 12 men and even maybe more than that to do life with and go through life to not be alone. And so what they're feeling, sure, is is maybe expressed um, is is okay. Because they're they're lonely in that, but at the same time, um, you know what? God calls us in different seasons of life, and that's where uh, I was saying uh, you were saying earlier is life groups are so key. Uh, I always challenge that in that season of singleness, it might be even more important for a single to be a part of a life group than someone who has a family and, and they're doing life naturally for me with four other people in my home every single day, because they need that, that close knit friendship and intimacy with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that so many times we, we look to um, the next stage of life, right? So we look like, Hey, once I find that person and I get married, it'll be great. And then once we find that person, we get married and we say, Oh, when we have kids, it'll be great. And then we have kids and we're like, man, when they get out of the house, it's going to be great. Right. And then you, you keep going rather than focusing where God has us at that moment. So I always challenge uh, singles to be content where you are, dig deep relationships and communal living and focus on your relationship with Jesus. Focus on being a good spouse one day because you're going to be someone else's spouse. And in all of that, let God bring about uh, that special person if he has it for you, for you to enter into a deeper and more profound relationship together. You know, I just want to commend you, brother, because I, I will say that one of the mistakes that we as pastors often make is that we can become prisoners to our current context. And if your current context is just marriage and kids, all of your illustrations are that, 
you know, everything that you're talking about kind of points to that. I'm just grateful because even as I listen to you, Jim, I can tell you thought deeply about it. And I want us to be a church that works hard, a community of believers, a family of faith to create space uh, for the whole family at the table, right? Young, old, children, no children, married, single, because we really are uh, a family in Jesus. And so I, I want to hear from, from DP on, on this. We keep kind of coming back to this being a time of uh, finding your purpose and investing yourself in God's calling on your life. But a lot of that DP seems to go back to properly understanding the Christian life. Like it's, if the Christian life is about glorifying God, if it's about fruitfulness, then man, that informs everything. I would imagine even your view of your singleness. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're all called to as Christians, uh, these three primary things, uh, we're called to love God. We're called to love others and we're called to make disciples. And, um, and if that was our focus, right, if that was our focus and that's, that's what we channeled all of our energy, um, through, you know, then I think that that automatically shifts one's thinking and how they view singleness. All of a sudden, now you're available to do more of that. Um, and so, I think I think we just got to look through that look through that lens of, of scripture and how it tells us that man, we're as Christians, you know, uh, our primary responsibility is to glorify God, and you do that through uh, making disciples. And of course, you can do that through um, raising kids and doing that really well as well. But um, but when we look through solely through the lens of like scripture and um, doing ministry, um, then singleness is something that should be cherished. Um, singleness, something that you should be, en- that should be enjoyed, you know? Um, yeah. And so uh, I would just encourage um, the single folks that are out there with that. Yeah. And I think that being able to, again, have your mind renewed to scripture. And, and if you're going to have your mind renewed to scripture, that means Christ is at the center. The more we live a me-centered life, I don't care what status or stage you're in. The more we live a me-centered life, the more we're going to have discontentment. We're not going to fulfill God's purpose and plan for our lives. And we're going to end up ultimately not being able to live lives full of joy. All right, Beth, I want to put you into a scenario, all right? Just imagine for a moment, you got a room full of all of the pastors at Woodside, right? You got a captive audience. You're up front and you get a chance to tell us whatever is on your heart that you feel like we should know as we stand before this, the uh, church family about the singles within our church family. What do you think we as pastors need to be mindful of? Okay. Uh, one for sure is that a single adult is just, just like everybody else. They just happen to be single. So they're just like you, only they just happen to be single. So that's, I think that's really important because sometimes when you're married and you know of a single adult, you kind of like, you're not sure. You're just sort of like, well, I don't know if I can really relate. They're just like you, only they're not married. So they bills, they got nephews, nieces, sons, daughters, parents. So I think that's important because then you kind of, I think it just, sets you a little bit at ease because sometimes you're not think you're thinking you're not really sure if you're um, ministering to them well or whatever. I think the other thing that is really important is to always make sure that there is space for community for single adults. Um, I will tell you that um, my faith family at Woodside, when I went from being married to being single, it they were my lifeblood. 
um, most days. I had friends who checked on me constantly, who had me to dinner, who would just call me. And then there was a time when I kind of grew in my, in my, um, I guess my countenance, I just got a little stronger and I was able to step out more. And then the connections and community I found in my group at Woodside with other single adults was invaluable to me because um, I hate to say it, but if you're a single adult, especially if you've come out of a divorce situation and you go into a house and you're sitting around the room and everyone in the room is married, but you, it's pretty hard. Um, it's not that you, you don't have anything against where they are and you love that their marriage is good. It's all wonderful, but it's, it's just being able to walk and do life and live out your faith with other single adults. It's just, it's just, it's so important. So I think I would say always ensuring that we have space in our ministries where, uh, they are well, I want to say cared for, but I also want to say just that there's ministry set up that allows them to have community and fosters that, um, allows them opportunities to um, serve together, to be involved however God has gifted them and to see them just like they're just like they're just like married people only they're not married. Does that that's make sense? good. No, I think that's really good. You went easy on the pastors. I would have went after <laughs> preaching. I would have went after their counseling, all of it. But you did a good job. And I would just simply say the big umbrella is pastors be mindful. Be mindful that there are singles in our in our church family that need to hear God's word. And I just have always felt this way, guys, that whenever there's a segment of our church family that does not hear the gospel spoken to them and contextualized for them, uh, they they may lack vision, gospel vision for their lives or for what God has called them to. So it's really incumbent upon us as pastors to cast that vision for all the segments of our church family. Uh, one thing that I, I want to say before I have Jim pray, I, I want us to pray in just a moment for the singles in our church family. I do think it's important for us to acknowledge different uh, segments or different um, seasons of the single life. You know, not everyone is young and looking to get married. Um, I, I want to make sure that we acknowledge those that are out there that are uh, very content. Uh, maybe they're older and content and they're fine with their singleness. You keep rocking for Jesus and praise God for that. There are some right now that are widowers, right? Um, or, or widow. And, um, and you're not so much looking for marriage, but you are looking for purpose. Like, what is my purpose now? And I would just simply say, you are enormously valuable. Your wisdom that God has given you from a lifetime of walking with Christ, your uh, now freedom of time, it is so essential to the body of Christ. And let me just say, and I hope you hear my heart in this, is that we need you and you are so valuable uh, to God's people. But I just want to give you guys just an opportunity, let's just last word before Pastor Jim prays. Uh, DP, any final word you want to say uh, to our single brothers and sisters? Yeah, yeah I would just say enjoy it. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that uh, are getting married uh, now and they're starting to have kids. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm seeing their lives transform, you know, with my very own eyes, you know. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and so but once you have kids, once you're married, you, you it's not like you can go back to being single. You know, it's not like you can call it quits or take a hiatus on being a dad or, or a husband and go back to being single. And so this season, just enjoy it. Enjoy the single. Enjoy the 
um, availability that you have to do ministry, uh, enjoy the, um, the time that you can get to spend with friends and people that you're discipling. Um, and, uh, and if it's in the Lord's will for you to get married, uh, it'll happen. And so I'll just say that, enjoy it. Praise God. All right, Beth, what about you? Any final words you want to say to our single family? Yeah, I would say live your life with purpose. You're, you're, you're not somebody because you're married. You're somebody because Christ hung on the cross for you. He died for you. And he, God has a purpose for your life. Um, when you stand before God one day, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to ask you if you're married or single. He's going to ask you, if did you spend your life? Did you use your life? Did you live with purpose uh, to, uh, to bring honor and glory to me? Uh, did you lead well? Did you trust me in your circumstances? So I'd say, I think one of the key things for a single adult is just live your life with purpose, for sure. That's beautiful. All right, Jim, can you pray for our church family as a whole, but in particular, singles? Absolutely, would love to. Father God, thank you uh, for today. Thank you for the opportunity for us just to have a conversation uh, about what you say about singleness and the reality of it in individual lives. God, I just, um, I think about the many different singles in our church that I know, those that are are young and um, are, are thinking about getting married. God, I ask that you would just pour into them in this season. Help them to take, as uh, we've heard today, uh, full advantage of this season to, to just press in to areas where you're growing them uh, into your image, God, and to utilize them well. Uh, maybe uh, utilizing them in, in specific ways that you've called them to where they might not otherwise be able to uh, when they one day have a family that they're pursuing in the future. So God, I ask that you just be with them. God, I, be, I ask that you be with all of our um, older singles, maybe a widow or widowers. Uh, God, they're, they're just incredible people in our church, and I love them. And I ask that you would just uh, meet them exactly where they are. And may we as a church be an amazing community uh, to them and love them well. And God, all of those uh, that are uh, walking through a season of singleness, whether that's from uh, divorce or, or whatever it may be, God, I ask that you would be uh, their sustenance as you would be for each one of us. You would be their satisfaction. And that God, you would fulfill the desires of their heart if it is to uh, find a spouse in the future. But God, may all of us on the call, whether we're married or single, find our true identity in you, God, that we are your children made in your image and your likeness. And that is what, as Beth said, gives us identity. It gives us purpose and it gives us a future, God. And uh, we know uh, that you are good and you're an amazing father and you will fulfill all that you've called in each one of our lives. And uh, we thank you for this conversation. I pray that it's helpful for those that are listening and we ask that you take us from this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Jim Dawkey, Beth Laponzi, Daniel Park, thank you so much for joining me on this week's edition of The Link. I appreciate you guys. Well, Woodside, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. You know, there's so much more ground that we can cover, but I want you to know that we are here for you. Now, if you're a single watching this, or if you're a friend of a single who needs some support and encouragement, understand that there's a number of things that our church offers to support singles. One is life groups. There's nothing better than being in community with other believers. As a single Christian, I want to encourage you to connect with our life groups. You can find out about how to join a group by going to our website, woodsidebible.org. 
also our campus pastors are here for you. If you are single needing wisdom, advice, and guidance in the key areas we cover today, discovering your calling, time management, transitions in life, and yes, relationships, please know that our campus pastors are here to be able to give you wisdom and guidance and support through that. I want to say one final word for those who find themselves suddenly single. You know, this has been a season through COVID-19 where there's been a lot of death and loss. And if you find yourself suddenly single, you're probably in need of Christian counseling. That's why I'm so grateful for our counseling and care ministries. Please, again, reach out to your campus pastor so you can get a counseling referral. You know, I've gone through grief counseling before, and it's been one of the best gifts in my life. I want to encourage you to as well. If you need that support, don't hesitate. Reach out so that we can pray for you and wrap our arms around you. Well, as always, we would love for our guests and visitors uh, to the link to let us know you're out there. So please leave a comment in the comment section below and check us out if you'd like to learn more about how to be a part of the Woodside family. Go again to our website, woodsidebible.org slash connect. Well, I've enjoyed being with you. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Link. Can't wait till next time. Until then, God bless and have a great day.